Hey, it's Jet Black Extreme, and we are back at it again with another episode of the Zone Podcast. With me today is Kokugatsu. How are you doing today, sir? Man, living the dream, doing best that we can, you know? Y'all be careful. There's a new illness going around right now. But other than that, doing okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I caught a um, whiff of that, like, last week, but I'm doing better now. Doing better. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, if I can mention just something that's pretty interesting that happened, I know we don't really have too much of a nerdy news this for this particular oh, um, part. No, no, no. You oh, you do? Me, sir. <laughs> oh, I do underestimate. I am so sorry. Well, you go ahead and start off because you might have you might go ahead and say what I might have, but I don't know. You go ahead. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'll humor you. Okay, so. Daft Punk, as we know, wound up splitting apart a little while back. Oh, you know, yeah, everyone's off sad. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, I didn't uh, know about Daft Punk, but uh, Panic at a Disco also. Disney. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that just recently happened. They just wound up disbanded, um, disbanding and stuff. So, you know, we got wound up getting all that that's happening. Everyone's super sad, but, you know, times change. You know, things happen. We just kind of move along as it goes along. But... So one of the um, guys from Daft Punk, Thomas Bangalter, mm-hmm. I think I'm saying it right. I think it's Thomas Bangalter, the B-A-N-G-A-L-T-A-R. So yeah, um, he is one of the two, one of the duos. And so we finally got an official name of who one of them was, because you know, as far as you know, it's always Daft Punk. The only people who ever knew who they were was the like the editors and the um literally like their their manager and that's it no one knew it was a secret to everybody these dudes <laughs> were getting paid in secret as well too it was like it's insane but so we finally got one one of the names thomas and he is now um getting he's now going solo so he's the one where when we saw the video that extremely long dramatic video where one of them was set to self-destruct and then blow up so he's not the one that blew up he was the other one that set the timer and walked away and watched it happen so thomas is going solo now and we have officially seen a picture per se of his face of how he actually looks and i was like yo you serious (laughs) (laughs) this is like 20 some odd years that we never knew anything never knew these dudes faces never knew how they sound nothing like that never even knew their names and now after all this time we mean we get one that's still amazing to sell we get at least one and we actually see his face and we now know a name <laughs> this is it's amazing but yes uh, so he has announced Russia's that he is like actually trying to unmask the superhero the, the way you make it sound. <laughs> I mean, realistically, is it not? Just realistic, is it not? I Kinda mean, is. it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like you just making it sound like damn, like we just unmasked the superhero like 20 years and we finally got a name. <laughs> I'm just saying, finally, it's like it's a literally like, ba- like like honestly, it's like exactly Batman getting uh, unmasked there. like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Yeah, when he died, everyone was like, it was Bruce Wayne the whole time. It was like, oh my God, isn't it so crazy how he's never been there when Batman was always there? Oh my God. Even though technically he did set up like really great ways to do it. You know, Alfred has dressed up as Bruce Wayne a couple times or dressed up as Batman. 
no, been different things. But anyway, he's been able to play it off very well. But yeah, so I was like, oh my god, it was Bruce Wayne. But yeah, so Thomas Bangalter, Bangaltar. I'm gonna say that. I don't know. When I officially hear someone say it, I know how it sounds, how it's supposed to be. But yes, yeah, so we got a name, got a face. He is he is going solo, and he is starting his first solo album starting next month in February. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Cool, cool. So I got some good news in the music industry. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, if I'm allowed, uh, oh, I got some nerdy news myself. And funny enough, I guess you can say it ties into some of the mystery and conspiracy that you've mentioned with Daft Punk. Uh, nerdy news. Velma. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, Coco Gasso, you already know about episode four. I told you about that off the record, but I'm going to tell the ladies and gentlemen here where with episode four, it gets worse. So, um, with all these girls getting murdered and having their brains removed, there's now this plan to where, okay, let's make a list of, because these two cops that shows up, they were like, okay, we deduced that the main target for all these murders are hot girls. So, we need to find, we need to make a list of the hottest girls at Crystal Cove High School and make sure that they are protected at all costs. And then all the hot girls showed up in the most raciest of clothing. Like, not trying to say it was bad, but it's like only if you consider the fact that, you know, they're high school girls and you should have seen the shit that they were doing to make sure that Velma put them on this list of okay protect this girl at all costs and that was whole that's pretty much the plot for um episode 4 I'm trying not to go too deep into it because I'm going to do a full review when the season finale comes like I think there's 6 episodes in and I'm going to talk about 5 and 6 real quick but they're like now six episodes in, ten, four more to go. So, yeah, yeah. But five and six, I'm gonna make it real quick for you, Cookie Gassy. Mm. You know that picture I shared with you a while back, where Norville was on that date with that black girl, and some people on Twitter was assuming that girl was gonna be named Scooby. Yeah. Well, to be fair, no. Her name is Gigi. And that's been established since the first episode. It's just that she just changed up her look to be more herself. So she had like a little character development. And then next thing you know, as soon as she started being herself, she hooked up with Norville and that shit happened. And now Velma and Gigi is fighting over Norville. And I'm saying they're like, wait a fucking minute. Since when the fuck do you care about Norville all of a sudden? Like that dizzy shit. But no, no, no. That's not the worst offense. That's not the worst offense, ladies and gentlemen. You know how we were saying that, oh, how come Scooby isn't involved in the um, show? Scooby is involved now. Scooby is included now. But not in the way that you suspect. Apparently, Norville's grandmother was a scientist involved in something called the Special Covert 
Operations Brain Initiative, which is short, which is the uh, excuse me, which is the long version of Scooby. Yeah, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, okay, so spoilers, you- non-spoilers, but still, <laughs> the show just gets worse. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's about it as far as the mystery side of things. Now let's talk about conspiracies. And with the main topic of today, Inside Job, Season 2. And without further ado, let's go ahead and zone in on it. Oh, my God, Koki Gatsu. Hey, hold on. This this was a show. This was a show, bro. (laughs) See, I agree. I'm, I'm upset that there's not going to be a season three. So, <sighs> they canceled. They canceled it. But I'm After. thinking, hold on, they might renew it somewhere in the future. But for some reason, it just it's not getting a whole lot of attention. And I'm just like, yo, this is like an underrated show. I'm kind of surprised no one else is talking about this. So that's probably why, because it's not probably not getting as much hype as it should. But it's a really good show, and we're going to explain why in this um, review here. But, uh, Kokuyasu, um, tell us in a nutshell, how did you feel about season two? <laughs> All right, so this is so this one is, is less episodes in the first season. Eight episodes in, like, first season, which was uh, uh, ten episodes. So, season two, part two, per se, based upon Netflix, is part two. Um, really great. Honestly, it was uh, I enjoyed it. It was funny. My wife enjoyed it. We we definitely just sat down, laughed, and just had a good old time with this episode, with these episodes and stuff, as well. Um, definitely, I will say some of the tropes that we're gonna go in. We'll talk about as we talk about some of the episodes ends <laughs> here. Definitely kind of came off a little bit like uh, Rick and Morty esque. And oh, also last thing, nerdy news. We get about this as well. Uh, our main, the main person who created Rick and Morty, uh, due to the domestic um, violence accusations that's happening and the trials that will be coming, he has been officially removed from Rick and Morty. So, but uh, Adult Swim still has the partnership, um, still has the contract. So they're still making Rick and Morty for I think another four seasons. If I'm if I read that correctly, yeah. yeah because- so. They're currently on season six. uh, (laughs) Currently working on season seven, and they said at least until season ten. Yeah, so they're uh, definitely still continuing it. But it's funny to see how that may go since he voices both Rick and Morty, and is also like was the main writer, obviously for the show as well. So (laughs) I'm gonna see how that goes. Um, But I will say, uh, Inside Job, as far as part two, you will see a lot more Rick and Morty esque uh, tropes. So it was very interesting in that aspect. None, not going to say that it, it didn't really necessarily make it original. It, some of it was kind of a copy, like really one episode specifically was an, almost an exact copy. But other than that, it was still, it's still a very good show. It's still one of those ones you can still be entertained with. I will say it's not as deeply involved as season one. Season one has this, well, part one has this main thing where it's introducing all of the different, you know, conspiracy theories that are out there. So they had so much that was like able to dive into. And I feel like part two may have kind of lacked just a little bit on that aspect, like just a little bit in the aspect that, you know, now they have to kind of like dive further into these conspiracy theories. But that some of them, I guess you could feel like they kind of closed them off. 
in season one. But the way in season one, I wouldn't necessarily think in part one, I didn't think they necessarily clo- fully closed them off. Like they still could have expanded further, but some of them just they just kind of let it go in part two. Like, for example, the reptile people are that, that whole conspiracy is non existent in part two. <laughs> I'm, like, just damn near completely gone. Um, so that, that would have been great. We'd have had another episode continuing. Uh, further into the reptile people as well and how it's global warming effect because they still want to bring it up global warming again but you know they just don't really talk about it as much so it's one of those things that's like there's still more that can come along still more can come along see part two i would rate it lower than part one but not like a whole lot i think when i rated part one overall i gave it like a nine out of ten like literally a 4.5 out of five but this one i would say like a four out of five eight out of ten so, like, just 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 a little bit less, and that's just mostly of the fact that there could have been more expansion, and it kind of just it still kind of stuck with one particular trope, and that was it. But other than that, uh, it was pretty. It's still really great for part two, um, but that's as far as a generalization. That's kind of what I have for it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, generalization of season two. I would say I would agree because main thing was that season one because it wasn't necessary see here's the thing it's the same thing with anime it's the same thing with a lot of shows lately or at the very least uh i'm starting to notice that now like you know with my more adult brain now <laughs> where i'm like seeing things differently now to where it's like most shows have a slow beginning to where it's like they don't really know where they're going it's more like okay here's this idea and we're just gonna explore as much as we can so uh it's kind of like hailing back to kill a kill to where the first two episodes you're thinking okay there's uh there is a plot but there's not exactly a direction to where the plot was going so it was kind of like that in a way with season one of Inside Job to where it was like, okay, let's just explore a whole bunch of different conspiracies to where it's like kind of like world building because, you know, yeah. you're introducing the robot, robot, excuse me. Uh, you have the reptile people, as you said, there's clones everywhere, like the three Tupacs. <laughs> uh, it was really just a whole bunch of world building like especially with the flat earthers and all that so it's more like okay now that y'all have a general idea of what this show is about season two is going to be more character development heavy uh, mainly towards you know reagan of course but obviously brett gets some character development in this one too and speaking of which reagan how she got cucked out of her dream job in the season one finale by her own father and season two like very first thing you see in season two it's a callback to the very first thing you see in season one to where at first Rand was uh, in a drunken stupor um spewing out all these conspiracies about the world and then Reagan had to drive up and uh, pick him up now in season two it's Reagan who can't stand the fact of uh, working under her dad so she was like okay I'm not showing her to work and then she just started drinking she ended up getting a tattoo that she didn't even remember um, doing the same shit um, Rand was doing and then 
Brett was like, hey, Reagan, um, let me get you back inside so you can <laughs> stop scaring the children. And then she was like, Santa Claus is fake, but student debt is real. This <laughs> shit was so damn funny, but it was true. So yeah, it's like it's a straight callback to that point of like Rand was so frustrated that he was kicked out, but you know, instead of like wiping his memory and or killing him, they were just like they gave him a, a deal. As long as he keeps his mouth shut, he'll get his pay. But then, you know, of course, because of the fact that his uh they started running into some issues getting his money like he was supposed to due to the previous person which honestly i think honestly part episode one was really funny um but really quick before we get into that like before you know because he didn't really get all of his money's worth he's like oh oh you're gonna cut you're gonna cut what you promised me the deal was i keep my mouth shut then you give it to me but they're like i mean honestly you're an old senile old man anybody gonna believe you anyway he says we'll see and then he goes out and then does like a whole bunch of nonsense start conspiracy start conspiracy with the flat earthers and he's like they're all dumb but i'm gonna use them <laughs> in order to make you do what i want to do and all of it just becomes that that big ploy in the end for him to straight up like you said just cuck his daughter's dream job out like she had this promotion in the bag and her dad was just like, and nope, I was planning to get it back this whole time. And I found the perfect opportunity and snagged it. And, and your old man is your dad. Don't you love me? No, I don't love you. Well, why not? I'm awesome. You're not awesome. <laughs> Everyone else thinks I'm awesome. We all hate you. See, they all think I'm awesome. Say I'm awesome or you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and Rand is just the most biggest power abuser fucking ever. God almighty. <laughs> I mean, and, and the funny thing was, like, shout out to Spilling the Milk on YouTube because they did, like, a two-hour um, reaction video on the whole thing. And uh, the main thing was with uh, Rand and Reagan, how... Excuse me, I'm brain farting. <laughs> <laughs> With how similar they are. Yeah. How similar with it. Uh, where. She. Not only. No, no, no. Hold on. Okay. I got it now. My bad. I got it. See. Between Rand and JR. And speaking of JR. It's funny because. Um, the JR in this series. Got booted out of his job. And then the JR in the Rick and Morty. Uh, creative team got booted out of his job. <laughs> That's funny. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so we're starting off. Um, on oh, oh go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I have more. I have more. Go ahead. Go ahead. But point being is that it's real funny how Reagan pretty much became her father and she was like i'm nothing like you and then all those lime really just came out of her robe and i was like and mike was like wow so this is what rock bottom uh looks like um more tropical <laughs> more tropical than i realized dude i fucking yeah. love i fucking love um uh, magic mike like uh just just all of this magic mike is hilarious as hell <laughs> like i love mike well, He's hold on. can i pause and say like with mike it's like he's the kind of guy that's like okay i kind of respect his 
straightforwardness. <laughs> yeah, straightforwardness, I guess you can say. Because the main thing is, what I know is about Mike is that he kind of reminds you of those characters where whenever there's like a main cast and there's like this one um, character that's like not even a human, but they're like part of the main crew. Like, I want to say mainly the prime golden example, Bender American from Dad. Futurama. Oh, I was going to say American Dad with um the damn alien. <laughs> Well, I would say Roger, but that's just the thing. Uh, Roger and Mike, like, see, Roger and Mike are more closely, like, it's like they almost have the same, yeah, they got pretty much the same energy. But the main thing is, I feel like with Bender, like, I know Stewie kind of, no, not even Stewie, uh, Brian mm-hmm. from Family Guy yeah. was also a good example. But here's the main thing with um, Bender. Bender was, like, one of the most crass, non-human um cast members but he had so many layers to him that it was endearing it's like yeah he's an asshole but he had so many layers to him it's like "Eh, well you know yeah but at the same time he's like at least with like Fry, it's like uh, you can definitely tell he has a little bit of humanity for Fry. It's like he said that he'll kill all humans except that one meat bag right there. <laughs> mm, I mean that's true. That's true. Fry was able to bring out the the serene and Bender that Bender didn't even know he had. So yeah, I give him that. I would say Bender is definitely like a family favorite here. Like even right now, like my, for some of the some just like some accounts that we wind up having, not Bill Pace, but just like. You know, fun accounts that we have. Literally, my wife's like username. She always she has the acronym for "bite my shiny metal ass." It's literally <laughs> for a lot of stuff. So I was like, "All yeah. right, so hey, uh, to log into like Netflix, what's the so what's the username?" She's like, "It's Netflix. What do we watch on Netflix?" I'm like, "Futurama." Bite my shiny metal ass. Gotcha. I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious, but, but yeah. For... But here's the thing. Bender. The reason I would say that he is like the golden example is because with Roger, Mike, they would have a little character development, but they have that always sunny kind of vibe to them to where we're always sunny. And by the way, I'm going to plan on doing a review on that. They have what I like to call the anti sitcom uh, energy to where in always sunny. You would think, oh, in a normal sitcom, something happens, the main cast or whoever was mainly involved in that situation learns something from that situation and they carry it on to their future. But in Always Sunny, it is the opposite to where no matter what happens, no matter how worse the game makes things, they never learn from them. They never learn their, from their mistakes. And it's like the same energy with uh, Roger and Mike to where it's like, Roger, it's like yeah, uh, some uh, to a degree like you would think he is remorseful for some of the things he did, but for the most part he's still the same person. It's like almost nothing changed without Roger. But with Bender, it's like you can definitely change, uh, tell there was some character development along the way, even though Bender for the most part is still the same person. But there's so many layers to him to where it's like he's more than just an asshole. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, I could, I can almost kind of argue the same thing for Mike a little bit. And in fact, I mean, there's a whole episode dedicated to that specifically. 
I mean, like, yeah, we're gonna talk about. Let's go ahead. Okay, so well, before so let's go ahead. We'll just start off with one episode one because obviously we introduced right. him to a, a brand new character that we have one. here. So, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Well, look. I, for time's sake, I'm just gonna go with the brief synopsis that we wind up ha- that literally Netflix gives because we, we we watched episodes. We kind of know what it is. So this one we start off Reagan. How Reagan got a groove back. We ran back in control of Cognito. Reagan gets revenge and has a hookup at a Burning Man style gathering of secret societies. <laughs> so. This one pretty straightforward. How it winds up happening? Like we, we already talked about the beginning of this one. Great callback to uh, season one, where you know obviously Reagan's having her moment, but she winds up going back in. Winds up getting um, dragged back into Cognito Inc. She doesn't want to be there. She's frustrated. Everybody's having to do everything that Rand tells them to do, and nobody likes him. Like literally nobody likes him. Rand has been firing people left and right. He's like, mm, I don't like what you do, so I'm gonna fire you. And he's like, Are you serious? And it's like, yep, I'm the boss and do what I want. Gets this whole big ass statue of him. What didn't he wind up being like butt ass naked in front of everybody? Like a on a hologram or something? A giant hologram? Uh not exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh the main thing I remember is that at least with Rand is like when he took over and the gang was like well, between Rand and Jr. is like uh, trading one evil asshole for another evil asshole. It's almost like it's nothing really changed. But the difference is, um, and this is the part where I would remember, okay, this is the part that spilling milk make a little sense to me. To where, at least with Rand, he's more upfront about not giving a damn about you. But Jr. there's more of a veneer to him. So it's like Jr. is more of a snake oil salesman while Rand is like an iron fisted dictator so it's like well it's like they're both evil assholes but I'd rather take the dictator than the uh, snake oil salesman because at least with the dictator I can see it coming with the salesman I might not see that coming and he might get me in the way that I would never suspect so I was like I don't don't (laughs) understand how you cannot see it coming from JR no I completely understand your analogy but I don't understand how you cannot see this coming for JR JR is a person that is very clear when you first meet him that he has a goal in mind of what he wants to do and he everybody is a stepping stone for him to get that goal like no matter what on the inside because on the inside, Jr. obviously don't give a shit. But you know, on the outside, it's almost like he had to uh, play it off. You know what I mean? Where Rand, uh, he'll just be more on. Uh, he just uh, he'll just <laughs> shoot straight with you regardless. He don't care who you are. True. I mean, yeah. So, so Jr. would like it, it'd be one of those things. Like if so, if you did something, Jr. would give you a backhanded compliment. Like he'd give you a compliment. And it's like, oh, you know, I didn't expect you to be able to do something that well. Honestly, I missed him. Obviously, we definitely underestimated you, but I doubt you'd be able to do something like that again. <laughs> You know, he gives you an underhanded compliment that you're just like, really, just really, versus Rand's like, and you're a dipshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's just no other way to put it. Like, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, this is this is pretty much what it is. Like, yeah, JR would be underhanded, and yeah, Rand's just straight up like, and you're a dipshit. You're a fuckface. What the fuck is wrong it's with like you? Like, both are bad, but if you had to make me choose between one or the other, it's like, <laughs> I'd rather uh, have the dictator that just uh, tell it how it is. I would choose neither. I'm just be honest on that. But no, yeah, I would choose neither either. But if I had no choice, 
I mean, I, we do have to work under the guy. It's like that's the thing with with jobs. It's like not all bosses are bad. Like I'm, thank God, I work with great managers. But I'm just saying, like it it do be out there like that where you might have. Yeah, I do oh, feel like we have to work for a range. It's just like you have to work under him though. You have to work under okay. her though. It's like what choice do you have? Most people feel that most bosses out there, a lot of people will categorize most bosses as either Rand or JR. You just one of the two. Every go. now and again, you'll get lucky and wind up getting an actual good boss. But in most cases, that's usually who you got. <laughs> right? yeah. I'm just saying, so, it's like, if you had no choice, though. This is true. This is true. So this one starts off. Uh, so so literally, they wind up getting dragged along. So they have to go to the um, the Burning Man party where every conspiracy conglomerate, pretty much conglomerate, every conspiracy conglomerate, um, secret society comes together to like have like a friendly competition to help them continue to rule the world and shit like that. Right. Right. And uh, <laughs> what else we were uh, talking? I got oh, a right. phone call. I am so sorry about that. No, no, you good. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so they get the the burning. So they want to go into the Burning Man party. All the secret societies show up and they're there, and they're having to um like do the party. But it's become well known that Jr. kisses kisses up to every other secret society, specifically the Illuminati. He's always the kick the kiss ass. And Rand is like, I'm not gonna do that shit. Fuck that. You know, you know, no. Now. Now, hold on now. See, now see what I'm talking about here to where it's like he's trying to kiss JR trying to kiss their ass, but in reality, like let's not forget that like what one or two episodes ago, like um like the penultimate or the uh, finale of season one, to where he was willing to kill off all the other um secret society members to become one of the shadow robes. It's like he's only a kiss ass until he has the perfect chance to stab you in the back. Yeah, just whenever he wants something. Everyone's a stepping stone. So regardless, he'll kiss ass if need be and he'll kill people if need be. He'll do whatever it takes for him to move up. Regardless, nobody everyone else is expendable. Like it's it's the worst. It's like you cross me, I kill you. I was like, oh well fair enough. Yeah, as long as you don't cross Rand, he won't kill you. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you, if you have to choose between that aspect, yes, you probably choose Rand better. But I don't know. Rand was in control a lot less for a lot less time than uh, Jr. was. Like I'm just be honest on that aspect too. Jr. was in control for quite some time. Rand he got in tr- control for a very short period of time before he was dethroned. So just saying. But <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, so of course we want to get introduced Bro, to our- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One more time. I, I, I swear, I'm going to let you finish, but it's like <laughs> watching Scrubs all over again to where oh, Dr. Oh, Kelso, God. he was like the evil asshole for like a hot minute. Then he uh, retired, um, quote unquote, and then all those different um, uh, head of medicine showed up like that one lady, and she wasn't even that much of an improvement, but she was gone in like a hot minute. And then it was like, next thing you know, Kelso's back. So it's like, yeah, I guess this is where we at <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, I guess this is where we at. <laughs> oh, that would always suck, definitely. So at the party, so Reagan has the plan to embarrass her father, and then but before then she winds up going to therapy, of course, 
And in therapy, she winds up meeting Ron, who works with the Illuminati. His main job is erasing people's brains using their special technology. Whereas, you know, Cognito Inc. races people's minds using Magic Mike's sperm liquid shit. Ron is literally a man in black. Yes. Ron is literally the except you could call him the man in purple because he wears a purple cloak. But yes, otherwise that's that's legit his job. He is the man in but black. No, that's the funny thing is because we established in on the season one review that inside job was kinda men in more- black kind of vibes and now we have a dude that's literally going around um, yeah. erasing people's mind as a job. Yep, that's his job. And he hates it. He absolutely hates it. He's been doing it for years and he absolutely hates his job. Like, straight up. He's in therapy because he tried to erase his own mind, but they wouldn't let him. Instead, they put him in therapy. I'm like, man, I don't think therapy's going to really help you out for working for a secret society company. Like, you should just let him erase his mind and just live his life as whatever he's going to live his life. If he's done with his job, he's done with his job. Like, it's just straight up what it is. But no, secret societies do not let anyone go. Once you're in, you're in for life. That's just how it is. <sighs> and sometimes even death won't save you because I'm waiting to see about the ghost cons- conspiracies. They haven't really brought no ghosts yet, but I'm waiting for that because that was up. You, you think like, oh, I'm dead. I'm finally away from a secret society. Ghostbusters. Yeah, because oh, you're going to have reptoids and vampires and we're exactly. going to talk about the Keanu Reeves episode. I'm just like, I, I think Why are they not Pandora's box is open as far as the supernatural. Exactly. Like, why? Uh, we the ghost is about to show up. We're about to have trolls, ogres. We're about to have unicorns. We're about to have all of that shit. Actually, they've already confirmed. They confirmed in part one the unicorns were real. They never showed it, but um, uh, Reagan did confirm it. Actually, it was like episode old three. People in um, Middle Earth. Yeah, yeah the mole people, crazy ass episode. Yeah. But yeah, so we wound up getting introduced to Ron, and then so this is starts the the main trope of Reagan has found a boyfriend, and they get into it. Mission get boyfriend, bro. I promise you, this was the most like me and me and my wife was laughing our asses off at this point. Okay, so during this moment, what winds up happening is you know remember Reagan winds up getting control of her dad. And then uh, Ron gets in control of the leader of the Illuminati. And so oh, they're God. still controlling them while they're getting undressed and then ki- and like kissing and, and pretty much starting to have sex. <laughs> and literally, both. so as they're kissing and starting to undress each other, they're still controlling these two and it winds up leading to Ran and the Illuminati leader kissing. <laughs> and it was like, Oh my God! What are you doing? He's like, I can't stop. Plus, I can't stop either. What's happening? What's going on? And of course, they finally get undressed and they remove the devices that was allowing them to control them. And at that moment, they're just like, "What just happened? What did you do? What did you do?" The announcer person is like, "See, now there's no more bad blood between the Cognito between Cognito Inc. and Illuminati. They're not. They wind up putting their differences aside with a beautiful kiss with each other." Yay! And there was like cheering and shit, but both of them was like, "I don't know what the I hell happened." Hate you, <laughs> yes. and I'll never forgive for this. And then the bad part about it is, this is literally where things start going downhill for Rand. Like, really, this is where things start going downhill because every episode, something worse happens to Rand every single time. It just gets worse and worse and worse, which leads to the major thing that happens in episode seven. But it's just like, this is where it started. It started here. And this is where shit is about to get bad for you, Rand. You just don't understand. <laughs> you have wound up fucking over too many people. And this is where it's about to get to you. 
But really quick, so how do you feel about Ron? Uh, you know what? Once again, I'm gonna have to uh, credit spilling the milk for this because uh, when I heard them talk about Ron, they kind of ruined it for me to wear, bro. Uh, like when you really think about it, Ron really does look like a gender swap of Reagan. Yeah, I think that's literally what he was supposed to be. He's supposed to be her, per se. But that's just the thing. That just uh, further uh, reinforced that Reagan is a narcissist. Because remember, yes. the whole Brian episode? So, I'm just like, yo, so you, now, okay, so he's a real person, so at least it's not like a robot or anything, but it's like he's just you but working for the illuminati as a mind eraser uh so it's like a different job but almost the same personality like hell like uh ron was saying that yeah i'm not really good at making friends and um i'm not really good at first impressions and all that shit and i'm just like bro like reagan is not that great either so i feel like you know great other but Let's be real. Um, neither of you are exactly a prize, so <laughs> y'all just be great together. Yeah, ideally you're right. That's just straight up. It's one of those things. It's like you know, as much as you be like you know, you love for yourself for who you are. This is true. But then also understand the things that about you that you don't love about yourself. Are you willing to change that? And this is one of those cases that would be much more beneficial if Reagan and Ron actually tried to change that. Now we'll say Ron did try. Yeah. He felt his. He felt that for him to change, he had to erase his mind and start over. Like, he felt that he would be a much better person if he just did not do this job. And he might be right. And so you could really back him up on that one. Versus Reagan kind of has a whole different ideal in the fact that she wants to be in her job. She wants to be able to continue to keep moving forward. She wants to erase people's minds. She understands the dark side of it and she embraces it and accepts it. He knows the dark side of it and he rejects it. So that's where it winds up being an opposite in that aspect. And Reagan, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit here. I mean, I'm not a little bit. I'm going to jump ahead a lot of it on this point. <laughs> Why it is that it didn't work out for them because Reagan knew that no matter what, she was still going to continue her job. Even though they would have discussed trying to run away from things, she knows for a fact that no matter what, she will still find her way back working for Cognito Inc., working for the cloaks because that's where she wants to be at he wants to be completely away from it but he can't convince her because that's what she wants to do so that's where it winds up becoming such a big issue in that aspect you know well, it, those things don't collide i mean well, they collide they don't me, mesh together go ahead I'm let sorry. me add on to that no 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 you good let me add on to that because I won't even use what you said to where once you're in a secret society, there's no going back. So even if Reagan and Ron try to run away, that just re- reinforced the fact that they can't ultimately run away from their past lives. Like uh, they can probably erase their, each other's minds, like be like, oh, well, I don't remember uh, working for you guys. But you know how with secret societies where they probably have some sort of technology to where they can like... Um, reboot your memory hell um ran with the season finale like i'm pretty sure they're working on a memory um machine to where you can not only erase memories but probably restore memories too if it works in reverse so it's like 
you can re- erase your memories if you want to, but we just restore them back. But um, maybe I don't know. But that's beside the point. Uh, also, with Reagan, I feel like she did the right call either way to make sure that uh, Ron gets a new life and she stays with Cottonito, not just for a job, but because even if she does uh, erase his memories, it wouldn't be Ron, though. It's like it wouldn't be sure. the same man that she fell in love with. So it was like it wouldn't work either way. So it was like she like all those different possibilities. Like, bro, it's a, a literal MCU plot line now. <laughs> we on Doctor <laughs> Strange with those different uh, possibilities. Like, bro, I like I explore all those different possibilities, and I'm just like, there's just no good way to where we can be together without it getting worse. So the best thing for you to do is just find someone else, and I just. Go back to my job. Yeah, definitely. Just it is. It kind of sucks in that aspect, though. But, but it's one of those things that you kind of want. I don't know, introducing Ron. I, my, I want my main better point thing. was like she went back to her job half reluctant. It was like on one hand, yes, yeah, she got to do what she got to do, uh, and she always wanted to, you know, be part of the uh, Shadow Board. But at the same time, she actually did wanted that life with Ron. But unfortunately, there's just no good way of going about that. So um, at that point, that's when she really realized that she's really locked into her job. And she pretty much sacrificed her youth. Well, not just her, per se, it's more like Rand's doing too. To where her her youth was sacrificed for this job. And now, once again, she has to sacrifice her love life for this job. Yeah, true. Yeah. This is true. <clears throat> okay. Well, it's one of those ones that I wanted Ron to win. I wanted Reagan to win, but I already knew it wasn't going to happen. It was one of those ones that was very obvious to me from the very beginning. Like, this ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. And that, so that's the whole first episode in itself. Just literally just them meeting each other was pretty much the biggest things. Now, episode two, this is one you really want to talk about, Jet Black. So, Wolves Ferrazzi. <laughs> Tomiko's new bow is Hollywood A-lister with a taste for blood, but that doesn't stop a jealous Rand from trying to break up the cozy couple. This one was very interesting because it's one obviously is Reagan's first real relationship and one that she actually wants to be with. So she's she wants finding herself being extra supportive of the fact that her mom is dating Keanu Reeves. No, she has, does have questions, but she doesn't push it. She just like, keeps it simple. And even her mom is noticing, hmm, you know, you always have something about my boyfriends, but you're not saying it this time. Like, she does suspect that something's going on, but she's just more so the fact that I'm happy that you're allowing me to be happy. And also, of course, um, when you consider uh, a previous episode to where, um, Tomiko, uh, you know, with the pool boy and all that shit, it's like she just doesn't approve of most of her hookups. So it's like, um, to be fair, there's just been a long history of um, hookups and shit. So Reagan's trying to be protective, but this time around, it's like with Keanu Reeves, that's just the whole thing. It's like Keanu Reeves, like one of the most wholesome dudes in Hollywood. So it's almost like, bro. I was like, I don't even want to question it because even I know how wholesome you are. <laughs> and that's one of the, so this episode was very funny in that aspect as well. Of the fact that it's like, yo, 
it's Keanu Reeves. And I'm like, yo, don't do this. What y'all trying to do about Keanu Reeves? And this is the first episode I will say they go through and he's not like a bad guy. Listen, listen. The part when they were like saying that, oh, they named uh, their dog after a movie that was named after him. And it was almost like they tried to wink that maybe Keanu Reeves may be a little narcissistic. I was like, hell no, bro. Like the same dude that walked up on stage, they're like, no, you're wonderful. You're amazing. I was like, you're breathtaking. I was like, that dude? I don't see it. Yeah, no, you can't make Keanu Reeves look bad. Like he he literally just makes himself a good person. Like I'm he like, literally bro, just that is John Wick. We will stand by John Wick too. <laughs> Exactly, quite straight up. <laughs> As John Witt, that is from Neo from The Matrix. That there's so many different characters, bro. We love, we love him. He does a great job. Great person. Like everyone, literally says he's a good person. Like, even people that he's dated, if it never worked out, they said it never was a bad breakup. There you like, go. Still, it was still a good thing. <laughs> it was like, are you serious? And so this one is it's, it's extremely hilarious in this aspect now also around the same time as well brett is trying to become himself try to become more popular as well become a little more famous so he's trying to find ways of going through b-listers and c-list actors <laughs> and trying to work his way up to try to become popular so he can get close to one of his favorite um actors and of course everything winds up coming together in the end nice. where yeah can I just add on that I like how in that B-list group of actors, one of them was Topher Grace. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang. I was like, Spider-Man. I was like, you would think after No Way Home, you would be like <laughs> a little bumped up. I, 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 I don't. I mean, then again, I mean, he did do great in like Brothers and Great Gatsby and all that. And it's almost like you would think B list though. You sure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Exactly. I I guess, but I mean, huh? I thought you would think. Hmm. Okay. I mean, let's be realistic. You say he did great into those movies, but did he really? This is coming to those points like does he really sell the part? One of the biggest things that becomes scary. Even Daniel Radcliffe is dealing with this, as well as well as also honestly, look, the dude who plays Steve Urkel, Khalil White. Obviously, you, I have to say Steve Urkel first before I say Khalil White. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost it's like wait a minute, uh, who's that again? It's like oh right, and I was like yeah, that's that's that, that's how you can tell. He, like, see, he, he, yeah, he's done so many other roles, but you will always know him for this one, and because he does, he did that role so well, and it's just one of those things that like it forever marks him. That it's difficult to see him play anything more than that. But he can be. He can be a good actor. He can play other roles. He can sell other roles. But it's just the fact that you grew up with him as Steve Urkel. You won't you don't want to see him as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it comes in. That's where the B list and C list comes into play. It's not always it's not always the actor. Sometimes it is, but it's not always the actor. Sometimes it's just the audience. You become so used to it, you don't want him as anything else. Yeah. Like Henry Cavill, let's be honest on this aspect. We now love him as Superman. We now we love him as you know Geralt of Rivia. Like those are two major iconic roles, and he's about to go into Warhammer 40k as well. He, he's obviously playing big, 
like muscular superhero type esque dudes. <laughs> Let's say he randomly decides that um, he gets selected to play a role of some weak person, like not I'm gonna say weak, but just like some you know kind of a frail, a frail person who can't really defend, who um, winds up not able to defend himself and winds up seeking help. He, he wouldn't, even if he does a great job in that role, nobody would see him that. They were like right. that. That doesn't doesn't feel like that. I'm so used to seeing him being the muscular, overpowered main man in charge stuff. Like you telling me you made him a sideline character. I can't see that type of thing. Like see, that can happen. Okay. See, I kind of get that in that aspect because for you to be a list, you got to be like, okay, just spitting some off. Let's say Samuel L. Jackson. That's like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of movies. Uh, Angela Dang Bassett. <laughs> uh, oh, Angela Bassett. Yeah. Bro, matter of fact, that's actually one thing specific. I actually saw an article. Sorry, just quit. Do what now? Knock on phone calls. It happens every time. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> these, um, so literally, I saw an article, a Reddit article, where it was like, name a character, name, name an actor that forever scars you. That, that like ever since they did they did a role so well that it will forever scar you and obviously it was a whole bunch of tyler perry movies because you know the main person the person who always plays the bad guy in tyler perry always does too good of a job <laughs> so you always be like no nah, this person's even <laughs> nothing you can do um and of course you wind up having no dude from tales from the hood as well you know rest in yeah, peace yeah well. i was thinking that same dude i was like i forgot his name but i never forget that face and Angela Bassett winds up popping up from Waiting to Exhale. There's some people that literally, after seeing her and Waiting to Exhale, even though they may have seen her, you know, being um, T'Challa's mother in Black, in Black Panther, that you see her play such a motherly role in so many other things that's not bad per se. There are so many. There are literally people in the world that are still. They think that you know she is still going to be an extremely scary woman, scary angry black woman, of course. Because she played the role so well in Waiting to Exhale. <laughs> so it's more like you have to be really good to where it's like, okay, I have an idea for a specific character. And the funny thing is, you can, uh, when these type of characters can't be recycled into anything, like, I hate to say it, but it's more like trope characters. But to be honest, it really depends on who you get to play that character. And it's like sometimes you get some folks that's like, uh, people who are better at being the villain than they are being the hero, or someone who's better at being a hero than a villain, and it just feels weird when they're on the opposite end of it, or like a side character. It's like, ah, uh, you know, I'm kind of used to him being a certain type of build, like uh, how I feel about Michael Sarah, to where you kind of used to him being like the meek, um, soft spoken type, and then you see youth and revolt, and you kind of see him be more rebellious and shit, and it's like it was an interesting take, and I like the movie, but it's like, I'm so used to him being like the shy guy that the, that's like, wouldn't hurt a fly you know, exactly. it's like you get so used to uh, <laughs> an actor having roles like that it's like, bro, it's like, just get uh, oh, you want uh, soft-spoken, shy guy? Just give Michael. C. But I don't think uh, I don't want that to be like. Okay, that's just what defines him. I don't want to be unfair like that. But like you said, it's like once you get used to that actor uh, playing that certain role, it's like kind of hard to imagine them having 
a whole lot of range. Like you have to like really surprise us. Like, uh, not gonna lie. Like, I'm sorry, we we going off real. Gonna get back <laughs> to the main topic, but one more example, and you won't believe this one. <clears throat> Try me. Where? Hold on. Where a lot of people don't like her right now. And I was like, eh, honestly, I was kind of indifferent to begin with. But to be fair, I did watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which I'm going to do a review on eventually. Same thing with 21 Jump Street. But she was in both of those, and I thought she was all right. And, like, not like in a condescending way. It's just more like, like, for real, like, genuinely. It was like, she was all right. But... They say that after she won that Oscar, it's like it's almost like it's getting to her head, and now that she's doing Captain Marvel, it's like you can kind of see the cracks in her acting. But then again, I went back to some of her uh, filmography, and I was like, okay, she uh, has range, but it's almost like you just eh, maybe not leading a film, but. She's the kind of uh, actress where it's like she'll probably work best if she was bouncing off somebody, you know, like um, to add some cattiness, I guess, to uh, one of the characters. Like, say, for instance, uh, with Thor, if they get to the MCU to where Captain Marvel meets Thor again, they want to have like a rematch or whatever, and they just have some banter between them, and it would be like a Thor-led film with Captain Marvel involved, then I can kind of see her bouncing off him and be like, okay, uh, I kind of like her more, because, especially when she have like a stronger actor to, no, <laughs> that's not so bad to say that, but an actor that, you know, can definitely carry a film to bounce off, you know what I mean? This is true. <clears throat> I can see that. That's I can see that. Saying, it's like, mm. but anyways, we uh inside job. <laughs> Keanu no, Reeves, that dude, so yeah. All the actors vampires. eventually turn to be find out to be vampires, and yeah. like Keanu Reeves no longer wants to be a vampire anymore. He no longer wants to suck lifeblood to continue on living forever, because he's found himself, you know, someone that he actually loves, someone that he cares, and he wants to spend the rest of his life with. Timiko, you're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, Timiko, we go. He says, so we got finally got this, but then she winds up breaking up with him after a whole little special fight. Well, not even special fight, but like a special little sequence where all the other A-listers get killed. Even Leonardo DiCaprio is there, and like, bruh, <laughs> seriously, yeah, just the most, but. <laughs> Literally, so it leads up to the point everyone except Keanu Reeves winds up getting turned to ash because they're vampires and stuff. No, 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 hold on, hold on. The funny thing is, when the B list actors was like, oh, well, um, he just ditched his F. He got that Oscar. And I was like, I'm still kind of mad that it took the revenue for him to get that Oscar. I'm like, after all those goddamn films in the past 10 years, and oh, he should have been, had a yeah, he should have been got an Oscar for so many damn movies. This is not right. But yeah, <clears throat> honestly, that's still one of the biggest ones. Like, I'm saying, so many people, so many people was like, "How is Leonardo DiCaprio still not earned Oscar yet?" It's like, how, bro? This is not fair. So then he finally wins one. It's like it's about damn time. <laughs> it's like, about damn time. This dude will go so far. He, him, and Jet Black. Him and Jack. I said Jet Black. Sorry, Jack Black. Go figure. <laughs> him and Jet Black <laughs> have literally done oh, so much for roles. <laughs> 
They've done so much for roles. They would get so into their roles that they would change literally their damn lives. Even for a short period of time, for like months on end, sometimes to a year, where they would completely change their lifestyle for these roles. And it's like, and you do this, you get so intense into it, and you're into it, and then it, it sells the role, and you do such a fantastic job. And then Bruh. you don't win the Oscar or you don't even get the nomination. And you're like, bruh. And people who've seen it like, how did he not get nominated? <laughs> Bro, listen, the fact that Jack Black is voicing Bowser in the Super Mario um, movie um, later on this year. And the oh, way yeah. he sounds like, bro, like that's Jack Black right there. <laughs> no. Hey, look, listen. Listen, I'm watching this movie and I'm going to laugh. <laughs> because it looks, it, it has potential, definitely. And I was like, yo, like that's throwing me off to where it's like he he definitely does sound like a villain. And you were thinking like, okay, they had their reservation about Chris Pratt being uh, Mario, but with Jack Black being um Bowser, I was like, oh shit, I believe it. Oh shit. Hmm. I say it's gonna be great. Yeah. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. But yeah, and then, uh, but the ending, ending the episode was hilarious. Yeah, it really messed up. So Tommy yeah. has this big thing where she only likes to date men that are younger than her. So when she found out <laughs> that he was a vampire and that he was actually way older than than they thought, she Wait winds up just like runs away from him. <laughs> Hold on. So you mean to tell me that Tomiko was playing the DiCaprio law? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> remember, that was the biggest thing that A-listers would do. A-listers would always get someone that was younger than them, and if they would get too old, they would dump them. That was something. Remember, that was a, that was a big thing they talked about with all these A-listers that was there. Since you know this, every A-lister does this every single time. They date someone that's like half their age, and then when the person turns thirty, they dump them. It always happens. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Hey man, listen, Henry Kelly, if you're out there, bro, don't do that because he's um he's you know we were just talking about him, but remember he just got back into the dating scene and the um woman that he's with now is like somewhere between twenty and twenty five, I forgot, but he's definitely in that twenty range now. So I'm just like, hey, hey man, if I catch you going to cap your long, it's just like don't do it, bro, don't do it. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey man, on one hand, I, I understand y'all having fun, and I was like, you're having fun, like whatever, whatever, but at the same time, I was like, be careful going down that road, bro. Just be saying. very careful. Be very careful, but yeah. But Keanu, I mean, you don't want no Johnny Depp <laughs> moments. Like, remember, Johnny Depp was on the A-list, too. He was there. <laughs> mm, look. Look. <laughs> look. Remember, they, they, they hit all of them on that one. They was just like, What? But that was one thing they specifically said. And you, you said, and you're all dating women that are your age or older? We don't do that. It's all younger. I was like, wait, what? And it was like, you, it said, what, how would people say, what, what do you think would happen? And he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're like, well, how do you, what do you think will happen if you suddenly start getting older, but we stay forever looking young? People will start asking questions. There is no going back. You're in this for life. <laughs> Man, there you go. Just 
that whole episode was like insane in itself and it was crazy like this episode seemed, seemed simple enough but this itself prompted like god how long are we talking about this like 15 minutes <laughs> about the, the situations that happen with A-listers and B-listers honestly this is a real conspiracy that in many cases sometimes be proven true that obviously not necessarily the vampire thing but as far as the whole everything else about the A-listers the conspiracy that comes along with them and stuff you win an Oscar and you immediately leave your B-lister friends you don't talk to them anymore and now you're with the A-listers and you only associate with them there's some truth to that, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> once you get a t- what, what they say, once you get a taste of the good life, you don't want to go back. <laughs> so it's like, it's just. I mean, Neil DiCaprio said it himself, and Wolf of Wall Street. I've been a rich man, and I've been a poor man, and I'll choose rich every time. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. So there's there's a lot that kind of there's a lot of stuff that was pretty much in that episode. Like it was a simple. 26 minute episode but it was still like it was a lot that was into it to really dive into a lot of little hidden tropes <laughs> then whew, i think we probably have enough time to maybe talk about like episode three no actually no we probably could finish through this one because the next ones were like they weren't as in-depth into it so episode three is where we got magic mike's school um hive school reunion so the cognito crew they play along with his lies about at his class reunion, but it winds up going too far. Meanwhile, at this moment, Rand finds a really gross gift on his desk. <laughs> so this was, <laughs> bro, this was just, this one was very simple. The Mike situation is simple. This is one of those ones where I'm gonna come back to what we had talked about before, where you said there's always that one non-human character in the cast that, it, but in most cases they are like they're not really a dynamic character. They they always stay the same. They always just. That's it. Who they are is who they are, no matter what type of situations happen. But I will say Mike did grow from this situation. I can say that this he did grow from this. And this is actually kind of proven when we come back later to like episode eight. Yeah, it was like when we come back to episode eight after the whole um, time restart situation. So when we wound up going to this point, Mike, we find out that Mike is literally the outcast of his whole race, per se. Like Bro, everyone that, is part of the hive mind, but he's so his own personality, he's not part of the hive mind. That part when he was depicted as a nerd, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is on Gohan from um, Dragon Ball Z, and then um, bullies children luckily. He's like, you're acting like a real freezer right now. <laughs> Bruh, exactly. And then the bad part about it is, like, and then he winds up. Like the council, that was it, the principal? Yeah, no, the principal wound up having like com- them conversations with him and stuff, but was like re- either he was recording it or he was playing it off based on the hive memory or something like that. Even my wife was watching it. She was like, so someone just literally sat here and recorded these conversations where you were just literally just picking on this little boy for nothing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, this, that was just, just straight up horrible. They were just being straight up horrible. And I'm like, it's one of those ones I mean, like, that's the thing. to be part of that hive mind. Um, take from me growing up from school, it's almost like um, kids just um, smell weakness and others and just prey on them. That's pretty much what it is. It's almost like animal instincts where we prey on the weak. That's just all it is. So, yeah, Good, that, honestly, getting picked on in high school sucked. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. I got picked off 
you know, we got picked on for watching anime. We got picked on for playing video game for playing video games that wasn't Madden or NBA. If you play video games, it's like, oh yeah, you, you played the oh so you play Madden, you play NBA, and you say no. Do you, what you play FIFA? No. What do you play? Final Fantasy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Nah, like at least it's not like you Pokemon freak, Digimon freak. Yeah, that, that too. That too specifically. Like just straight. Like literally, I remember going to um school one day, having like I literally had my Game Boy Advance, and it was uh I forgot which Digimon, uh, which uh, it was Yu Gi Oh. It was one of the Yu Gi Oh games, card on uh, one of the Yu Gi Oh card games that you put in. You know, I'm sitting here like I'm building my deck and stuff. I'm just chilling. I already finished all my work because you know, obviously being the nerd, we always one of the first ones to finish all of our work and stuff. You know, finish our work and I'm Bro. so I'm just sitting here chilling in the game. <laughs> you would have balls of steel if you showed up to school with a dual disc. Dude, I did one day. I literally did one day. <laughs> <laughs> Only did it one time. I got in a lot of trouble. I wound up having to keep it in my backpack, but I did. <laughs> Made sure. I was I had it on I had it on my arm on the bus stop. I had the whole bus ride and I walked into my first I walked into my homeroom class. <laughs> with it and it had to away but still <laughs> I made statements <laughs> I got picked on so bad that day <laughs> but it was worth it bro. it was worth it <laughs> oh gosh but yes so we, we feel for Mike we know how Mike feels in this case oh man I'm Almost tearing up a little bit, <laughs> but I feel for Mike. This, this is one of those ones I was like, like going back to what you said. Like he, he did kind of grow from this. This was kind of one of those ones. It's like he's not. Yes, he's an asshole, but that's what, that's what helps sets him apart. Because then when he finally winds up getting caught into the hive mind, the only way they can bring him back is by literally reminding him how much of an ass that he really is, calling him out on all his trueness and stuff. <laughs> Like the the last part with uh the whole Jar Jar Binks part that that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. But so that's yeah. the thing is like um even they kind of um admitted it, but it was like they went worse with that. It was like oh man, Jar Jar Binks. Like I mean, shit. I was like, it's <laughs> I don't think Mike is even technically an alien. It's just like you know. He's not. Yeah, that's he's the not. thing. It's like so. That's just even more insulting because like all those alien references, and I was like, bro, he's not even an alien. He's not. He, he's. They've been living in the center of the earth, like even deeper than the mole people since the dawn of time. They're they're literally sentient mushrooms. That's pretty. That's all that they are. They're sentient mushrooms. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's just some crazy nonsense though. Um, and then, of course, we wind up having a little side story on this one. Rand winds up... Someone keeps shitting on Rand's desk. And he's just freaking out, like, who keeps shitting on my desk? It was who a keeps doing this? No. It was fucking JR who lived in the fence, who was living in the walls. No, but that's his thing. Uh, the way he discovered it, that was a Green Mob reference because uh, the dude was crawling out of the pipe and uh, Warden was trying to find out... Uh, who escaped and they um poked through the hole of the poster and found the hole in the wall that was leading the way out and oh yeah 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 straight up and i still find it funny like how they had that moment because we're sitting here like wondering 
because it was like it was in episode one where literally they were supposed to kill they were supposed to hunt down and kill the mask per, like the person that was in the mask and had, not the mask but had like the bag on his head and stuff and then you find out that because of Rand and Ron because of Reagan and Ron doing their nonsense they wind up like the person wound up getting away scot-free and then at the very end of the episode they show that it wound up being jr and jr was actually supposed to die but they didn't kill him which winds up becoming a major plot necessity really for later on in the show because <laughs> if he had died honestly things would have gotten way worse <laughs> like way worse <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> All right, so we got okay. So we have enough time for one more episode, and then we're gonna have. I, I'm gonna have to like probably move on to. We have to move on to a part two onto this one, but <laughs> obviously, again, there's so much to talk about. Like Inside Job is such a great show. Why did they cancel it? There's <laughs> <laughs> no reason to cancel it. Um. All right. So last episode for this part right here. <laughs> Uh, so we found love in a popeless place. I want you to understand there's something really funny about this because I recently just read an article just right before we did this review and it literally ties into the title for this um, for this particular episode. <laughs> I want you to understand. So apparently back in 2016, there was a priest who said that he died and went to hell. First thing, that was my first question. I was like, hold on, you're a priest. You died and went to hell. I don't think you was doing your job as a priest, sir. <laughs> That's not what you're supposed to <laughs> You don't die and go to hell <laughs> if you're a priest. That's not what's supposed to happen. <laughs> and he said that while he was in hell, he no, was... No, with the... no, go ahead. Let me finish it up really quick. But yeah, so he winds up dying. He goes to hell. And then he literally, he says that he goes through all this torture... But the biggest thing that stuck out to him, of course, that sticks out to him is that the demons were singing a remixed version of Rihanna's Umbrella. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this whole episode is about hell coming to earth. Rihanna. It was a shot at the priest. It was a shot at the whole Rihanna Rihanna song being in hell situation from the priest. And because this episode is about a pope bringing hell. <laughs> and I was reading Arkham and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, this would this like article would pop up right like before this review. Right before this review is when this article pops up on my phone. And I'm like, oh, this was on purpose. <laughs> It says somebody's <laughs> watching. <laughs> this is my conspiracy theory. Somebody's watching, bro. <laughs> that was too close together. So this is too, mm, too much together. <laughs> but yeah. So what, what is did you had to say on that one? <laughs> I was gonna say with the priest, you were thinking. I wonder if he did something so unforgivable in his past that he thinks being a priest would uh, absolve him of his sins. But I was like, no, you are beyond saving my son. Pretty much. (laughs) I literally had a question. I was like, what did the hell did you do? You a priest and you went to hell? What what did you do? (laughs) That was my real question. I literally was like, what did you do? (laughs) Oh, you want a real conspiracy? Wait until we do the gumball review. Oh, 
God. You know, I hadn't even seen yeah. all, all of Gumball. I only recently watched Gumball last year. So don't anyone who attacked me on that one, yo, I, I was not a person that really watched Gumball. I was not on the Adventure Time review because I did not watch Adventure Time. I did try watching Adventure Time. First season made my brain rot. I couldn't do it. Apparently it got way better after first season. But I never made it past the first season because I couldn't. So I don't know. I didn't know everything else. I, everything else I mostly just read from different articles and YouTubers and stuff. So <laughs> Gumball, I've only recently kind of started watching into it because my daughter really likes it. And my wife says it's a really good show. And then they finally, they, you know, we had HBO, we have HBO Max. So we was just watching it. <clears throat> but then she kept watching the same episodes over and over again. So I kind of like it's on that a little bit. But <laughs> I would probably I would try to be prepared for that review, but that's just. Me. But no, as you were saying, I'm sorry. I just had to get that out real quick. <laughs> nah, you're good. I'm just saying it's like between Gumball and Adventure Time, they have like some dark, um, some really dark um, conspiracy and whatnot. But one conspiracy or theory in particular is that um i think gumball and darwin um kind of died in one episode like i forgot the exact details but essentially what happened was um darwin uh went to heaven and gumball was like oh well i went somewhere else and we were like wait oh, what did yeah. gumball do to go to hell yeah actually i did i saw that episode so i know what you're talking about on that one that's crazy I, matter of fact i'm gonna throw this in there really quick if you want um, another show that's kind of like kid-esque, and I say kid-esque because it says the show that's made for kids, but it has like really, really dark moments into it, just like Gumball and Adventure Time does. Like you wind up having these real moments that you're like, this says it's for kids, but I don't know. This seems a little more adult <laughs> than it should be. On Literally on Netflix as well, there's a show called Centaur World. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch it. There's one other show that was very that I'm gonna say the same thing for Gumball. That not Gumball for Adventure Time. The first couple episodes, I struggled. <laughs> My wife really liked it. It was it's very cute. The first couple episodes is very cute. But then they, they kept they keep hinting at there's something dark going on. Like there's something, there's some evil that's that's present. So they keep hinting at it, but you're just like, well, what is it? And you wind up like continuing past like the first four episodes. If you can get past like really the first four episodes, that's when things start getting like insane. And you will actually kind of want to watch it at that moment. At least for me, that's when I really was like, okay, now I want to watch this. Now this is interesting to me, per se. So it it starts off very similar in that aspect. Like it starts off very extra kiddish that I cut that my brain couldn't adapt to because I, I just I've gotten too much more of an adult I'll just put it that way <laughs> I, still have, I still have my kid like moments but I have more adult moments than kid like moments that's just what it is yeah but um <laughs> really quick because I know like my time is pretty much out but finishing up on this one um this episode right here so we wound up having where the Pope is now he he's not being a proper christian pope <laughs> by that he's allowing gay marriage he's allowing marriage to dogs he's allowing marriage to all these different things he's accepting all of these different tropes that you know based upon as it says in the bible is our sins this is not stuff that's supposed to be accepted this needs to be fixed so it winds up being the first job that uh, Reagan has that she winds up 
asking in a sense for help she gets uses as an excuse to, for a romantic getaway to get with ron mm. so they travel to italy to go ahead and brainwash the pope in order to make him kind of go back to how he's supposed to be but because reagan wants to hurry up and enjoy the sights and enjoy this time with ron this is her romantic getaway she winds up speeding up the process and then speeding up the process winds up making the Pope go full on Armageddon on the world. <laughs> the whole world is sin. We must destroy everything. And they had built an incognito. Well, Cognito Inc. and Illuminati wound up working together to build all these special mechanical demons and build all these mechanical stuff that would cause the earth to crack open. So and all these mechanical demons would fly out and stuff and it would scare people and it was it was purposely intended to be like a fail safe to for you know to help prompt the the belief of the end of the world and to help prompt people to get back into the church and it was specifically designed if if it seemed like the church was losing too many members because you, they, they already estimated that based upon what happens that as more people became more consciously aware of themselves they're like we don't have to abide by all of these rules we are going to do what we want to do. Let us do what we want to do. Let us try to live our own lives and stuff like that. But they knew this would cause the church to lose members. So the church employed them. Can you build something that will help us out? Yes, we're going to build a fake hell. <laughs> no, I'm going to let you finish, but I just thought about something. Well, go ahead and finish. No, no, I, I did. I just, that, that's, that's pretty much it. They build a fake hell and everything literally goes to hell. Go ahead. <laughs> Bro, it's like, so you mean to tell me that, oh, the people are becoming aware of themselves. We're losing money. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what it is. The church is losing members. Therefore, the church is losing money. And because of all of that, they're like, we need something that's going to make people come back to the church. I know. But no, let's build a fake hell. <laughs> The, the funny thing is, uh, I was watching Paradise PD where there's like this, uh, well, either it was Paradise PD or something else where um, essentially the Pope showed up and was it? No, no, no. Uh, either it was Paradise PD or Brickleberry. It's one of those shows to where uh, essentially uh, the Pope was like, um, yeah, like essentially church is all about the money. Uh, so... Uh, they even had this whole music video type thing going on uh, and essentially the Pope was acting like a, a mafia boss because it was like you don't fuck with the money <laughs> yeah I mean, that's how it, to be honest with you for most churches that's kind of how it is sadly like I am still a Christian I do still you know truly believe in God I still believe in you know the uh, based upon the stories of the Bible um, I do believe that our Bible is incomplete <laughs> That the normal Christian Bible is incomplete. I mean, it's been proven, unfortunately. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so it's, it's been completely proven of uh, the fact that the Catholic Church has removed books from the Bible before it wound up getting released to everyone else. Like, even though Martin Luther had his whole rebellion thing, it still wound up becoming that point in itself. <laughs> but aside from that, also, um, before then, before the church, before you know the Christian church got its Bible, remember the old the Old Testament is based upon the Hebrew Bible, and the Hebrew book is actually also there's a lot of stuff in the Christian Bible that the Christian text 
that is also incomplete that was hidden away from as well. So even before the Catholic Church got their Bible, it was still modified. So it was modified multiple, multiple times. So in technicality, even based upon the current, you know, quote unquote, truth of Christian Bible, it's still based upon a lot of modifications, a lot of lies and a lot of things that were aren't, just pretty much not correct. So there's a lot of details that's not there. And so it becomes, you know, a lot of questionable things. So even in that aspect, this episode still was just, you know, it's really just a play ploy on that. It's a ploy on the fact that it's like, you know, the Pope just like, oh, he just became more accepting of everything. Oh, he became more accepting. No, this is not the way it's supposed to be. We need money. We need to do this. And that's just how most of the churches are. They need money. And that's just where things go. So, yeah. But as you can tell, my time is starting to run. <laughs> Alrighty, Kugasu, thank you for being on for the first core of the Inside Job um, review on Season 2. We will try to continue on, but let's see what we got left. We got Brett's uh, character development story, you know, with the campaign. Uh, Statler... He's trying to get everybody from Cottonito to like him, so they have that whole uh, Halloween party. Uh, mm. Meanwhile, Alpha Beta was going on a date with uh, Tomiko. Uh, yep. Project Reboot, and then Appleton. To win, you know. Yes. Yep. Alrighty. But yes, yeah, so that's the time that we have. As you can tell, even though each episode is only thirty minutes. Like these conspiracy theories, it's still a lot to dive into. It's still a lot to talk about. So, I definitely been looking forward to talk to you with talk to you soon, Jet Black on part two. All right, and with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and cut right here, and we'll just pick it up um later on. Uh, you take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the music while we go into intermission. Yeah. 
is doing this in that is Thank you. 
there. So we want to give match. Uh, so always you bring back the other. I'm doing three series of two awesome special episode eight, episode seven, episode eight, with nearly all combinations of the same episodes. So, we've already have reached five of reasons. And usually, this starts off with the hilarious way possible. So, we want to have a Gigi showing up with the shenanigans. We all know this conspiracy. We all know this conspiracy. I'm 
episode where we set up the research. Yeah, we had a lot. I'm going to tell you that we had a question out there. And you might want to make some cool garbage. And you might want to look at the billboard. He's like, we can just do something. And he couldn't have it off. And he's like, we don't have a billboard. And he's like, we don't have a billboard. And he's like, we don't have a billboard. Thank you. 
would have in that situation. And that's of course I'm not going to get into my little secrets. So, now the problem is in the last little bit, this is the most important thing. Let me just tell you, because this is something that my wife is very thinking about as well. Who are the players? Who are the <laughs> so, before you announce the software that is trying to do this, make sure you beg your wants to do that front of the shop. At the same time, the long office has the ability to um, you know, do the rest of the So, one of the happenings is begging this offer to all the jewels to actually not just take over the computer shop. Every single pyramid that's in existence, 